0: You don't know what it's like where you are, but there was a nice breeze there. Some places, it depends where you sit under these fans. You can have a nice cool breeze. Some places, it's a little warmer. So, uh, I'm in the warm seat, uh, war- warmer spots uh, at this this point in time. All right. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. To know that uh, God is able to speak to us. Amen. It's just pray briefly before we begin the message this evening. Lord Jesus, we know that you are God, that you are Lord, that you are the creator of all things, that you are Lord from the beginning of time until the end of time and everything in between. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we have your word, that we have Lord those who have gone before us. Lord Jesus, and we have your presence, Lord Jesus, to guide us. pray that you would speak to us this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would... Turn your Bible to the book of tricky word, Ecclesiastes, just after Proverbs. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. <clears throat> I'm going to read, I'm going to not read the whole. But uh, pick out some verses, so I'll we'll, we'll guide you to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under heaven. And verse 11. And he hath made everything beautiful in his time, also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Verse 15. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. Verse 17. I said in mine heart, God shall, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every purpose and for every work. And just a few pages over in Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Verse 11, we read, this is the preacher, writes in the book of Ecclesiastes, I returned and saw under the sun, that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the men of understanding, nor yet favor To the men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. I'd like to talk just for a little while, being a hot evening, about something that I just put a name to, just for the sake of a, a title Lessons from the Passage of Time. God is the creator of time. There is place for plans and for preparation. We sometimes make plans that are timely plans. In three months' time I will do this. In a week's time I will do this. In a month's time or a year's time. In three years' time, five years' time, these are the things that are going to happen. These are things I would like to do. The focus is on time and on some achievement. There is also a task-oriented plan or event-oriented plan, where we talk about, these are the things I would like to achieve. I'm going to build a shed. I'm going to build a, restore an old vehicle. I'm going to build a, I'm going to fix up the backyard. I'm going to renovate the kitchen and the bathroom. And sometimes we don't give it time, we just start doing it and time just kind of drags on. It takes time to complete a task. It's both a task and an event and a passage of time. And we look at, at some measure of completing that task either by having done it or by some passage of time and we've, we've achieved we've arrived. I'd like to Bible talks, there's lots of different ways we can measure how we have progressed tasks and times. And uh, one of the ways the Bible talks about in the nature around us is trees. Trees mark the passage of time and events. What happens in a particular area over a period of time? We know that. We know that when we cut a tree, not every tree. There are different types of trees. Some trees in the tropics grow differently to the trees that grow in Europe, to the trees that grow in um, in deserts and trees. Some um, do grow there. But generally, trees have a passage, uh, a pattern of rings. Let's look at the tree on the outside first. The tree has bark. The bark, thick, thin, different types, different environments protects the tree from extremes of temperature, from weather, from insects getting in and from fungus attacking the tree. Immediately behind the bark, or if you're really technical and scientific, it's not immediately behind but pretty close to it, there is the stuff that we know that's called sap. The sap flows close to behind the bark. And that part of the tree, that part of the the wood... Is called sap wood. Um, and that is the part that grows. That's the part that creates the ring. There's a light and a dark section of a tree. The light section means that the growth has occurred in the, s- in the early part of the growing season, where usually it grows quicker, it's usually spring. And then the darker ring occurs during the slower growing season, usually in summer. So the lighter and darker marks a cycle or a season. The, behind the sapwood, just where the sap flows, is the heartwood. Everything else from their point to the middle of the tree is heartwood. Hardwood is no longer a living tree. Heartwood is dead tree. We we'll still call it live tree, but it's actually hard, dead tree. It gives the tree its structure. It gives it its makeup. It's what holds it up. It's important. It is, it is what gives the tree strength. When we look at the rings, when people that know how to look at the rings, and I'm just an observer and reader of a few things, are people who spend their lives being involved in these things, they can tell... A number of different things when they look at the rings of a tree. They can tell the growing patterns when the tree has grown and when it hasn't grown. They can tell whether there's been stress to the tree of some kind, perhaps there's been lack of water. They can tell whether the wind, whether the, the tree has been pushed to one side or something's been pushing against it or whether it's been leaning across. They can tell whether insects have infected the tree or whether, in fact, there was a fire that, that was in the area. We know that not too long ago there were big fires not far away from Perth. Not all trees, not all forests that burn, burn the trees completely. In fact, if you go and have a look a few months later, that black's tall thing has got leaves growing out of it. And in time, that black bark will drop off, a new bark will grow, it'll hide that what's happened, new leaves will grow. And the person that comes along later and cuts it is able to tell there was a fire here at the particular time from the time that the tree had grown. You can tell by reading between the rings how much sunlight there was or the lack of sunlight how much rainfall there was, the seasons that it went through, perhaps whether it was infected by fungus because insects and fungus don't go into the hardwood really, they really just go behind the bark where the, there's a lot of nutrition for them. These things, when a tree is cut, and it depends when you take it to a lumber yard, how they cut it, a tree can be cut lots of different ways, to produce the maximum number of planks or the best looking planks or whatever they are, but it is these things, That give the tree its character. It is the real wood. It is the real thing. There is an alternate type of wood. Different types of wood. There's plywood. There's chipboard. Sawdust. Which is compressed. They all have different... they, They have different uses. They have their place. But they lack the character. They're not... The real thing. And so if we want to use them in place where we would like to have some character, we apply something to them. We put some kind of a coating on them. Could be a vinyl film, could be a plastic film, we try and give it a pattern. We try and why do we do that? Because we want the feel, we want the look of the real wood, the real thing. Different cuts of the real tree show us different character of the tree. Those things that was the fungus infection or things that was the insects or where a branch came out and there's a pattern in there or where a tree was leaning over and the patterns of the rings are going in a different direction. Those things we go, that looks nice. That's, That's part of the tree. That's part of the character. And if you cut it along the grain or across the grain you get lighter and darker and in fact if you put the planks next to each other they're not the same. It is the real thing, and we like the real thing. That character, it can't be reproduced. It only comes by events that take place over time. So what's what's the application? What's happened in your life? What's happened in my life? Depending on who we talk to, who we deal with, situations we're in, there's a little sample that comes out from us that shows a little bit about us. And some things we, being people, have gone through, we don't want to show that too much because that's probably not the best part of our life. We want to show the better parts of life. And that's understandable. But God knows all those parts. The past acts of your life of the structure. It is who you are. It is the heartwood. It is is what makes you you. It shows various situations that have occurred, but it is not where the sap is flowing. It is not where life is at. The sap is growing on the outer. The new ring that's being formed that's yet to be formed or is being formed is where the life of the tree is at not where the hardwood is although the hardwood is important Jesus is interested to see you make it for you to find life to have life and for you to serve him it's about serving him we're not trees and we can't we we. Uh, We have a will and we can decide. But like trees, there are things in our lives that show where we come from and what's happened to us, good, bad or otherwise. It is the passage of time that gives us an opportunity to grow, to apply, to mature, to step up, to surrender. The passage of time, the time may be short, Time time might be long. It may be a matter of days, weeks, months, but maybe a matter of years. The thing is, when we focus on serving the Lord, time and events begin to lose their importance. We don't need to mark those things as time or things that have happened because we're not marking it by that. We need as people to have some, something that shows us some progress, time, we divide, days. God made that, and that, that's, that's, we need that. But when we serve the Lord, we don't do it by marking certain events that have happened, although they do happen and they're great, or time that we've served Him. But the important is that we serve the Lord. God doesn't count time like we do. God is the creator of time. We know that the Bible says for him a thousand days or a thousand years is one year or one day or one day is a thousand years or otherwise because God is the creator of time. He's not bound by it. He's not making that plan that in a thousand years this is going to happen. God is able to make time stand still. He has done that. He's able to make time go backwards. God is able to make things that to us don't make sense because he is over and above those things. God says, unless the Lord build a house, they build it in vain. Why? It's not about the, the effort of building or about the time of building, but it's about, are we doing this, that we're serving the Lord? Are we doing this in God's will? Let me read. In Second Peter, I'll just, find, I'll just read this in chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, God says, But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But is long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. This passage is by Peter. And it's talking about the end days are coming. And it's a, it's, a, it's a different context. But the point remains that God counts time differently to how we do. And that God is not slack. But that he is so long-suffering to us, Lord. Long-suffering means that it takes time for us. That we should not perish, that we should come to repentance, but that we should turn to Him, and that we should serve, and that we should follow Him. So, like the tree, like the passage of time, there's, we can pull out lots of different examples of different people in the Bible, different events that have taken place. And Peter himself, we know he was one of God, he was one of Jesus' disciples. Went through, he went through a lot of events with Jesus over the time that Jesus was in ministry. I'm just going to mention just a very few. Peter's mother in law was healed when she was sick. When Jesus was, when they were in the boat, when Jesus was walking across the sea or across the lake, Peter's the one that says, Let me walk on water. When Jesus says, Who do men say that I am? Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. When Jesus was getting ready to be taken away and was going to go through that process of crucifixion, he sent Peter and John to prepare for the Passover. That cult, that upper room, that preparation, was Peter and John. When When they were at the Passover meal, Jesus was speaking to Peter. And then he said to him, before the cockroach twice, you'll deny me thrice. Peter, all full of zeal. Said, I, I wouldn't do that. I've gone through all these things with Jesus, with you. But we know that when the time comes, and when he's taken, and when he's before Pharisees and Sadducees, and they're there judging him, and the people are around, and they go, you were there with him. He says, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And that's repeated three times, and the cock crows. And Peter weeps bitterly, because over a period of time, that zeal, that enthusiasm, that commitment, somehow it it evaporated. And he realized that he wasn't what he thought he was. He didn't have the strength to do what he thought he could. But you know, it didn't take too long because we know that it was only 50 days after that day of pentecost that peter was involved in fact even before that after jesus was uh was resurrected the ladies mary, martha and mary go to the tomb and they say they find jesus is not there they run back to town and they tell the peter and they tell people and peter runs ahead of them he goes to the tomb and he finds out that there's just these empty clothes there and he ponders Something's happened. My denial, my feeling, my bitterness, my feeling sorry for myself, there's something more to this. And then he meets Jesus on the, sh- on the shore when Jesus comes and calls to him about, have you caught fish? Have you not caught fish? He runs out and Jesus feeds them. And then that Jesus at that point, Jesus asks, Peter, lovest thou me? This happened after all those things. This happened after he denied him. This happened after he realized that he doesn't have the strength. And Jesus says to him, Love us down me, feed my sheep. Once, twice, three times. Maybe it was three times because Peter denied him three times. I don't know. But Peter realized that over the passage of time, that, he, that there is something to this. And when the time came, and he was with the others in the upper room, and people around were looking around what's going on, and all those people were praising God and speaking in tongues. It was Peter that stood up and spoke that message. Why are you marveling, marveling, all you people? What are you looking at? This is what God has promised. And he gave him that message. And then he went on and he was with Paul and he wrote the book of Peter. The passage of time, the character, those things have formed him and strengthened him, made him bolder, even though he went through that period where. He failed the Lord. Another example. We read just a very short version of what happened to another key Bible character. In Galatians chapter 1, I'll read uh, a very short account of, of Paul. In verse 11, But I certify you, brethren, this is Paul saying, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of the man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my conversation in times past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals, in mine own nation being more exceedingly zealous, of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by by His grace to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. And then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. But other of the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards I came into the regions of Syria, Cilicia, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed. And they glorified God in me. Then 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. Paul, a zealous Pharisee of the old ways, of the religious ways, holding on to those things which were established and which were true, was persecuting those who didn't follow that way, but who had an understanding and revelation of who Jesus was. We read, it took some 14 years before he really went to Jerusalem to, to see others who were Christians, who were living for God. What happened in that time? Well, that we can read about in the book of Acts. There's a number of things that took place. After Paul was converted and his blindness was healed, he stayed in Damascus, He people around him, shunned him, said, oh, we don't know about this Paul fellow. We the Christians shunned him because um, <clears throat> they, were, they weren't sure because of his reputation which preceded him. But Barnabas took him under the wing and said, we, we endorse Paul. And then others, Jews, heard about it, and Jews that he was part of want to stone him. So they led him over the, the wall of the, the city, and he ran away, and he was safe. And then he went up to Antioch. And he spent some 10 years teaching and preaching there. And then he went to Jerusalem and then lots of passages. And this book of Galatians, another book of Galatians i written, many years after he did those things. The passage of time and then other books that were written. The books were written about 10 years after those journeys took place, which took some 14 years after he was converted. 25 years plus. Those things that we read about, that Paul had written about, place after his conversion or quite a considerable period of time. The period of time that he spent serving God had strengthened him for God's work. Paul served the Lord. We know lots of others. I'm just going to touch on them very briefly. Jonah, when God called him and said, Arise, go to Nineveh. A Great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me; but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish other way, so he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and then Jonah prayed, and we know he went into the fish's belly, and Jonah prayed unto the Lord out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell I cried, and thou heardest my voice. And when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came up to thee, into thy holy temple. I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay the vow that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord and I will serve the Lord. passage of time took place after the initial event of being sent to Tarshish to realizing that he made the wrong decision. And then he called out to the Lord, and the Lord made a way for him to fulfill that call. We read about Abraham. In the book of Joshua, I think you read this morning, all the different things that Joshua said to the people. He said also, just pull that out. We know where Abraham comes from. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem. This is just as they're about to enter the promised land. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood. In all time, even Terah, the very beginning. The father of Abraham, the father of Nahor, they served other gods. But here we are. We are now a nation of Israel. We are a nation who have come out of Egypt. We're going into the promised land. There's been a passage of time. Because Abraham served the Lord, we are here today. Israel. Israel. When they were about to go in the promised land the first time, we, we know they had the 40 days of spying out the land, and they didn't. And because of that, the for 40 days, they were 40 years spent in the wilderness. Lots of examples how God counts time. The point is, if you neglect to do, at the time, what you are supposed to do, time will pass. The event will pass. But if you're serving the Lord, if you want to serve the Lord, that lesson will come back. That event, that opportunity, that decision will come back. So that you can be your character can be formed. So that you can serve the Lord. It's not about the time between Paul's conversion and his preaching. It's not about the time between Peter's being cold and writing the book, book of Peter or preaching on the day of Pentecost. It's not about any other character or the, the times that they spent, but it's about the event that they need to go through. There are times that happen to us when it seems like time stands still. Things happen to us like to the tree. Something comes. An external force comes. Maybe some insects come in. Maybe someone said something that they shouldn't have said to you. Maybe they, say they said something about you to others. Maybe there's a relationship that shouldn't have been broken, and it is broken. Maybe there's a financial situation. Maybe there's a, 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 um, a health situation in your life. Whatever the event is, whatever it is, we need to serve the lord it 's not about i 'm going to achieve this in this particular time i 'm going to do this for the Lord in this time i'm going to submit myself, no matter what it takes. it may be uncomfortable it's, it's not really my i really don't think that I should have to do that i don 't think that I should have to go backwards i don't think I should have to do this or do that or say that or, or, or be be disadvantaged this particular way because. I didn't do any wrong. It doesn't matter. Time and chance happen to all. and God knows what it needs, what events need to take place in your life to give you that strength, to give you the character, but remember the sap is flowing just behind the bark. The life is, and the growth, that's where the growth is. You, unlike the tree, can decide I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to Do what it takes. To serve means to submit. To submit means that it's no longer your will. That I didn't really want to do that. I shouldn't have to do that. It's unfair. It shouldn't have happened that way. But the Lord is allowing that to happen to you so that you may serve Him closer and closer. Let's not neglect to serve the Lord. Our character will show with the passage of time.